Hey, I'm Scotty. Welcome to the show. As long as I'm gone by Sunday, Sunday morning. Mitch James is a name you may not recognise just yet. This singer-songwriter out of New Zealand is kicking massive goals already. He has gold and platinum singles to his name. He's open for Ed Sheeran and he's currently on tour with New Zealand juggernauts 660. We caught up to talk about his journey from street busker back in New Zealand to being signed to one of the biggest labels in the world. How he goes about just processing touring with such big names and him working on his his sophomore album, which is due out in the coming months. Please enjoy my conversation with Mitch James. Mitch James, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Uh, a lot of people can make music that sounds good, that sounds pretty. Uh, I think it takes a very talented songwriter to take someone on a journey and tell stories in such vivid detail. Thank you. Bro. Is that something that you aim to do or is that just how you've always written music? It is something I definitely aim to do. I feel like pop music is lacking that just realism and something that your everyday person can relate to. I mean, not pointing fingers, but, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of artists out there that are singing about stuff that isn't relatable and, and um, is, just seems far-fetched. So I'm just always trying to write about my real-life experiences and trying to put them into a broad enough sense that um, as many people as, as, as I can can understand them. So do you look up to, to the great storytellers like, not that you sound like Dylan or Johnny Cash, but those people who tried to, in that three-minute song, tell a whole story? Is that kind of who yeah. your your North Stars are? Yeah, yeah, definitely, bro. I mean, um, my, I, I grew up listening to... Uh, to a bit of Johnny Cash with my old man and uh, Oasis and Springsteen and yeah. um, and they were sort of my first early influences as to music that affected me and mm. and uh, took me on a journey. So and then you know as it went later on, sort of the uh, Ben Howards and Ed Sheerans of the world yeah. and um, and also Aussies Matt Corby's a, a, a big one for me. I think he's an incredible songwriter. Sure is. So um, but yeah, I, I mean I'm, I'm I'm obviously a pop songwriter, so I'm trying to make it catch but also encapsulate as much of uh, my stories as I can. Has that process changed since... Because you've been writing many, many years, mm. um, but you haven't been signed for all the years that you've been writing. Yeah. Has, has that process changed now that there are other people involved with the music? As in, like, because you're working with songwriters and, and whatnot now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely evolved a little bit, um, but I went through a phase where I was kind of just bricking it to be honest because Mm. um i was trying to write hits and and Mm. you can't as a songwriter you can't go into it trying to write hits because otherwise you're you're not you're you're kind of missing the point as a as a songwriter so i yeah i've been trying to get back to to the roots of um of what got me there in the first place and that's telling telling my my stories and my truth so um the people that i've worked with i've worked with a whole bunch of people but i've sort of found my uh my people that i love working with and actually a lot of them are aussies um there's a guy mike waters um who's uh based in melbourne who i've written a lot of the songs that i've been most proud of with and yeah. uh, and guys like dna who uh who are proven hit makers oh, but also um, guy sebastian yeah. uh samantha jade yeah, yeah. They, those guys have worked with a lot of aussies yeah so I, I wrote my single sunday morning with both mike and dna and i feel like it's the perfect kind of uh blend of a real story and and catchiness as well so yeah always trying to keep it real i heard in your chat with ash london you mentioned mm. that 
yes, this is a real story. You were kind of, for lack of a nicer word, getting used by, by yeah. a young woman. <laughs> yeah. And although there would have been parts of that w- that were enjoyable, it was obviously uh, in its whole not a great experience. Yeah. Do you ever kind of feel hesitant to... Because in those songwriting sessions, you would have had to say to Mike, say to the DNA boys, hey, this is what happened. This is how I'm feeling about it. And then Mm. that's a whole heap of vulnerability that you're opening up. But then to take that and release it and have hundreds of thousands of people listen to it. Do you ever feel hesitant to give your stories out like that? No, I I feel like it's kind of my job to be an open book. Um, I mean, because again, like if if I'm not going to do it... I feel like no one else will yeah. in this game. So it's, uh, but yeah, it's um, it's funny when you're writing songs. Like, there's been people that I've met for one day that know more about my life than some of the people closest <laughs> to me because you kind of, it's this weird songwriter bond thing. When you're in a session, you just all the walls come down and you're just totally vulnerable and honest with with these people about your feelings because. I mean, for me, songwriting is like therapy. Like, uh, yeah. uh, therapy doesn't work for me, but but songwriting, songwriting does. does. So, yeah, okay. so yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I I've learned to be completely and 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 uh, utterly vulnerable over the last few years of of being a sort of an artist. And now I I just I don't really give a shit. You know, I yeah. just whatever <laughs> whatever happens in my life happens, and I just own it. Yeah. With the guys from DNA and and Mike, do you keep working with the same people because you feel like they can pick up what you're saying really quickly and it's not like a transitional period of you, no, no, this is what I mean by that. Do you kind of just say, this is what happened and then they help you kind of get out what's in your head onto paper? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just... It's just like anything. Once you find your people, it's um, it's just easy, and yeah. and once you've got that bond and and you know that you you can get good work out of it, it's just, it's yeah. I mean, it's just it's just easier when when you when you know that you've got a history with these people and yeah. and you know it's going to work. So yeah, Mike and DNA, um, they're they're some of my favorite people to work with, and and yeah, that's it's just easy with them. Amazing. Um, I have a theory on the new single, Sunday Morning. Yep. Either, Give it to me. <laughs> either the single is based on the same girl that Bright Blue Skies is, or you've had a pretty shitty dating life. <laughs> I'd almost say both. <laughs> I have had a pretty shitty dating life. I, it was good for a long patch. It was good yep. for a long patch. Then it went pretty south, and it is about the same girl. <laughs> so you've kind of had the nail on both heads there. So you were saying in your chat with Ash London that the girl who you wrote Sunday morning about knows it's about her. Yep. <laughs> is, is, how, how was that conversation? Well, there is no conversation, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I haven't talked to her in about a year. But Did you um, just get like an angry message on Instagram or something? No, nah, she, she's actually a lovely, she's a lovely human being and, and she would never probably stoop to that level. It's, uh, but like I said, this is my therapy, so unfortunately for her, the whole world has to hear about it. <laughs> as long as you don't name her, you're okay. Yeah, otherwise I'll be in probably some legal trouble as well, to be fair. <laughs> How much do you have to do with the the production once you've written the song you you know as in verse chorus chords mm. whatever like when you get into it then being mixed marked uh and the whole production of the song are you involved with that or do you is yeah. that someone else yeah well at the start of my career i was i was like a i was a busker um 
that had no idea what the hell a mix or a master was <laughs> or production or anything. So I just went in the studio and I literally got sent mixes and I said to my A&R back in New Zealand, I was like, well, I literally can't tell the difference. Is this good? <laughs> yeah. So, so, but as I've gone along and, and sort of, I know what I want, I've, I've probably become pretty annoying to be honest because <laughs> because I, yeah I'm, I'm super particular about the direction now and I'm involved in every single part of the process um which is, which is just a natural growth I mean just being yeah. in the studio because I like I said I was never really like a your traditional musician I was always on, on the street busking and and sort of cutting my teeth that way so I'd never really been in a studio before I signed my record deal so um <laughs> which, yeah, is, but which now, is a crazy thought now isn't yeah, it yeah it is because now now sort of my whole life is based around the studio or or playing shows so it's yeah. um yeah yeah it's i've become naturally i've just naturally grown and now i'm, I'm a pain in the ass i think yeah well <laughs> the reason i ask is because the production on sunday morning is like a second to none i love how you've got you have the pop elements like you've got mm. the kick you've got the snare coming in in the second mm. chorus you have like trap hi-hats come in through yeah. the bridge that stick out through the yeah, end yeah, yeah. but like through all that you still have raw vocals acoustic guitar and like all those organic elements so yeah. is that you trying to stay true to i suppose the songwriter the storyteller while also hitting that pop mark yeah well i mean i always want to be able to play the song just as it is with my guitar and and if it's a good song it's a good song and we can add all the rest of the the fancy production elements and stuff but that was i mean that was dna dna just they are so so they're masters of, of pop production so yeah they like i said i'm as, as long as i know that i can play it as a song they they took care of most of the direction and i added some th- thoughts here and there but they um yeah they really took took control of that one and um yeah i i, I love it i, it, I, I think they nailed yeah, it so do we it's it's uh, it's a great song is that kind of are you working on a sophomore album at the moment yes yeah i've completely written it um oh and, wow and yeah I'm, i always try and stay active on the writing side so okay basically i i actually wrote sunday morning before the first album was released two album uh, two weeks before the al- the first album was released and we wanted to <laughs> rush it on to the album but it was already printed and everything so i'd been waiting on it for 16 months but um i've been writing all year and um yeah i'm still still writing still knocking off songs um for the next album so how um, how are you feeling about the second album because the debut album is kind of you popping on to the world into the scene and saying hey guys this is me i'm mitch james this is my sound let let me know what you think it's sophomore album there's now some expectations like Mm. you've had gold singles you've had platinum singles and not Mm. that art and music should be reflected by numbers and whatnot you work in the music industry and there yeah. is that side to it how absolutely how's yeah. all that feeling well it, i i personally think it's 10 times better I've, i'm just growing as a songwriter and like the first album was like you said it's kind of like hello this is me kind of thing and it's basically my stories from zero to 23 and then i've gone through so much this last year so it's basically just chronicling this last year mm. but um my whole like sort of mantra with with the the record label process was established with the first one and then grow with the second one and mm. make it super pop and super consumable just for people anywhere in the world if they hear it they'll be able to digest it easily yeah. and and enjoy it and then and then bring it back a little bit for the third album once I've got that audience to more more singer songwriter sort of vibes so um the second one is is a 
is a big pop album and it's full of singles and it's it's fun and it's it's very easily consumable but um yeah the plan is to just hopefully explode with the second album and then rein it back in with the third one very exciting well yeah. your, your audience is growing super quickly um, lots and lots and lots of millions of streams online <laughs> currently touring with 660 that's yes. uh, that's been fun yeah they're um for anyone that doesn't know 660 in Australia they are absolute New Zealand legends they 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 literally sell 50,000 tickets per gig back home they're the biggest well thing their ever. entire tour here is sold out except for one show yeah and I think there's only about 100 tickets left in, in Brizzy so it's um yeah they're they're incredible um mentors and friends and I, I'm super lucky that they that they actually produced my first album and will be involved in the second too oh, okay. so yeah it's um it's been really awesome to just learn off off people who I consider you know some of the greatest to ever do yeah. it so yeah I'm, I'm i'm super lucky to be touring the world with them and um yeah bring on the next few shows i i just i know you, you've got to run but on touring i want to know from someone who doesn't play shows every second night of the week <laughs> does your does the process um before work, walking out on stage does that change between because you've been playing gig you've been i'm assuming you started playing open mic nights and pubs yep the gigs got bigger. You're currently touring with a huge band. You've opened mm. for Ed Sheeran. Like, does it? Does your process of preparation before walking out on stage change depending on how many eyes are going to be on you? Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, well, it, it's actually I've noticed that the the pressure is n- is nowhere near as much when I'm supporting someone. Like, but with Ed, it was in front of forty thousand people. So. I was <laughs> myself but um but you know with, with 660 it'll probably be the same back home because they you know these shows are even bigger than the Ed Sheeran shows which is a crazy thought um which but, just side note for anyone who doesn't know 660 puts it into perspective how big these guys are in mm, New Zealand absolutely. and starting to grow in Australia 100% yeah so so I've noticed that the support well like I haven't really been nervous before these shows with 660 in Oz and in London um, but when it's my show I am an absolute wreck before <laughs> for like the next like, I literally pace up and down the dressing room for about an hour and a half before I go on just because I, I just want to I just want to be perfect and, and nail it but um I haven't stuffed up a show yet, so um, hopefully long, long <laughs> may it continue. We'll keep that roll happening. Uh, well, if you want tickets to see him, Google 660. There are like 100 tickets left to the Inns Hill gig. Check out Mitch James, Instagram, Facebook, website. Uh, I can't wait to see what 2020 has for you because too, brother. love the new single. I think Thank you're you kicking so goals and you're like 24? Yep, 24. Yeah, man. 2020 is going to be a big year. Can't wait for the second album. Thank you, Scotty. Appreciate it, brother. Cheers. If you enjoyed this conversation and like hearing musicians and artists and producers talking about their process and how and why they do what they do, subscribe to this podcast. However you're listening and hit me up on social media at Scott Coochman, C-O-U-C-H-M-A-N. Also, let me know if there are any people in particular you would like to hear from. Thanks for hanging out.